Ever wanted a career in football? At the Global Institute of Sport, you can now study a master's degree in football business or football coaching and analysis right here in Australia. GIS is the largest provider of sports degrees in the UK with campuses at Wembley and Etihad Stadium. Learn online with unique access to the iconic MCG and a big-hitting Australian industry network. Be one of the first Australians to get a football master's degree and join GIS's global network of football leaders. Apply now to start in February 2023. Learn more at gis.sport.fnr. That's gis.sport.fnr. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Welcome, State of Our Football Nation on Football Nation Radio. George Danikian and Bakur Frimpong, my co-host, who's running the console and making sure we don't fall over. Um, how are you? Busy week in football? Has been a busy week. I've been good, George. Uh, how was the commentary on Paramount Plus? I didn't do any on the weekend just oh. because the dub was off um, with the Matildas playing, but uh, I enjoyed watching the Matildas play. It was a lot of fun. Well, we'll talk about the Matildas soon, but right now... We have an opportunity to reach straight out to one of our special guests. Um, not only a partner at uh, GPZ Legal, uh, his name is Nick Galatas, but he's also the chair of the AAFC. Uh, Nick, welcome to Football Nation Radio. How are you? Thanks, George. Um, we're well, thanks. Uh, the and last time you and I spoke, you were saying to us that you were hoping things were heading in the right direction. Can we just yes. say, can we agree now that with some of the announcements coming out of Football Australia uh, and listening to some of the commentary coming out of the football community, uh, things are moving. Yep, we can agree, George, and in the right direction. So we were right then. Hopefully we stay on course. Now, who? what are the sorts of clubs that you would love to see put their hand up and say, we want, want to be part of this national second tier? You're asking me to name them. No, 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 no. What sorts of clubs? And if, if, the, if they are in a lower tier, what are the sorts of things that you would like them to do to make sure before they put their hand up and say, we want to be part of it? Well, firstly, George, um, the, what um, the EOI has referred to as a sort of clubs it's looking for is a sort of clubs that I also want to see, and that is clubs with a connection to the game, a tradition in the game. Yep. For a start, yep. uh, um, support within the game, ties to the community. They're, they're the things that Football Australia has said they're looking for. They're the things that they um, identified uh, with the clubs when they went on their consultation roadshow uh, in the back end of last year, second half of last year. And that was met um, with great um, uh, positivity by the clubs because that's what they wanted to see. And I think that's what AAFC pressed from the beginning. So we had a meeting of minds on that. In terms of now moving beyond just that, from my perspective, what we're looking for from clubs is their ability to step up from their current position. So that, you know, having been stuck in the NPL and potentially below for those clubs yep. who are interested in, in putting their hand up. You know where uh, I'm going with this? There's a club there. called Preston that, yeah, that, uh, that is uh, not I, where I, it should I, be, I but where it wants to be is a very exciting place. Yeah, and we've got to get there, yeah, and yeah. we've got to get in a, in a sustainable way, not not fall, not not attempt a, a leap across a chasm and then we fall down. So yeah. we all agree it's got to happen, and because we all agree it has to happen, it has to happen in a way that is you know can can happen, is doable. So that what the clubs need to do is understand what's required, uh, and understand that despite having really been in competitions below which took away their aspiration, restricted them, uh, and in that sense, um, didn't enable them to grow. And that was one of our big complaints and why we, we pressed for this, to give the clubs an opportunity to grow, both for themselves and, of course, for the benefit that would bring to the game. Now that the opportunity is here, they need to, A, recognise that I need to grow and need to professionalise, as I think FA has said, uh, but also to do it in a sustainable way, in an incremental way, so on the one hand, to reach the potential as quickly as possible, but on the other hand, not to perhaps reach too far. So it requires clubs to have an insight into the challenge. So what I'm looking for, and I'm you know, looking to assist clubs with as we as AAFC, 
is to help them with that insight from you know individually, so that some cl- the all clubs are at different places. They're not you know it's a large country, a uh, number of competitions out of which they will come. So we're looking to uh, ensure that clubs understand their position and what's going to be required, and to an extent help. Thankfully, they'll be able to shape it as well. Because when that we move into the next phase, the RFP phase, those clubs will have a say in shaping what it looks like. So it's a symbiotic relationship with FA and the clubs. And so long as everyone understands uh, where they're at, where they're going, and how to get there, we'll get there. I, I just got a quick question. What's more important? Is it the past year, like the most recent years of progress that the clubs have made to show that they are progressing, or their future models of where they plan to go? What is more important? Good question. Uh, I wouldn't put it as more important. It's a continuum. So that, I mean, where they've come from, particularly the last few years when um, they've recognised or, or perceived the real possibility that this day will come, many of them have been getting ready so that those years are critically important because they need to draw on that, on the strength that they've got and the experience that they have. But, of course, that's past. So in another sense, the future is always more important because that's where we're going. So um, I'd say if we had to choose, the future is obviously more important because that's where we will be and where the game is going. But it's hard to choose between the past and the future. It's a continuum in my view, and that's how the club see it. And I think Football Australia sees it as well. The future is critical. Uh, much uh, commercial interest uh, also involved in this, which means uh, a slew potentially of new sponsors, people who haven't managed to get involved in the game for a number of different reasons. And suddenly, I think the opportunity presents itself in, in a way that very few really saw coming. Uh, are mm. you excited by the prospect of seeing new sponsors, people uh, both both new and old, come into the game? Uh, George, very much so. And I think one of what we're seeing and what we will see more and more as this process um, uh, gathers momentum and develops is that belief um, and faith in the process and in the reality of what we're seeing is critical. So that as much as we've talked about it, and I looked at my old emails, George, (laughs) just to work out, I clicked on the wrong thing earlier, and I think we spoke on the 24th of February, believe it or not. Um, And that was when we were talking... um, progressing and going in the right direction. So it's a year ago almost to the day. Um, so that uh, when we, we had those conversations in the past, while there was belief among those in the know, um, so to speak, and I, I was very confident yep. uh, because I was involved in the process, I fully understand why those not so involved and slightly on the outside say, yeah, yeah, we've heard it all before, et cetera, et cetera. But when there's an actual um solid basis for believing this will happen as it now is, that's where the real sponsors, that's where the people put up their hands and say, okay, I now believe it, I accept that I'm happening. So clubs and competitions alike can, I think, benefit from that. So that, that's an that's absolutely key. So we are excited by it. Um, there's a lot of that that we'll see that will emerge and perhaps um, from sources that we are unable to predict or foresee. So that's, that's a... a something that is one of the great benefits of what we're doing at the moment, um, unleashing and untapping what um, is available, but not previously um, not previously tapped. Mm. Uh, AAFC Chair Nick Galatas is talking to us on State of Our Football Nation. We're talking about the arrival and the, uh, and the direction of uh, the uh, decision-making from Football Australia. Uh, James Johnson said that we're on the way and they've put their hand up and basically said to all the clubs around the country, if you're interested and you want to be a part of this, this participation uh, that's going to take, a, take a, a unique form very, very soon, uh, let us know. So this is the stage we're in at the moment. Uh, Nick, I'm, j- I wa- I'm very excited by the arrival of new technology as well, which is changing the way that we deliver the game not only to sponsors, but to the many fans. Does that excite you as well? Absolutely, um, George. And, and not only does it excite me, it's, um, you know, it, it, we embrace it because that's that's the reality. So it's transformative, it. isn't it? Or it has the potential it, to be. It is transformative, it, <laughs> absolutely. And it, in ways that, again, we don't imagine. Yeah. So when we, we introduce a platform in the game, such as this new competition, that new technology will also adapt to it 
and say, okay, now I've got this to use. How do I do it? And yep. vice versa. So this is where I think you need both sides, um, supply, demand, technology, availability platform to use both. There's no point um, you know, having mobile telephone technology if nobody's going to use it. So, yeah, to, <laughs> or you to don't have the infrastructure to get it done. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. to use it. I, yeah. I agree. Having, having cars but no roads, so to speak. So yes. that's where um, I think a, a competition like this will enable the technology to be used in ways that at the moment aren't being used and to deliver the game to many more people. The, the reason why I, I say this uh, is because it dawned on me during a conversation with some people at Albert Park. Uh, we, we went for coffee the other day. And before I knew it, there were about 15, 20 people wanting to intrude on our coffee break and all giving me an idea that this was going on and this could happen. And did we consider the possibility that all these new technologies that are abounding and changing uh, so many of our lives, how they might impact on the arrival of this uh, new second division, this idea of a national second tier for the game down under? And I thought, wow. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, so for me, suddenly, things that were potential, something, you know, a nice idea or a very positive thought uh, a year ago, as you touched on, uh, suddenly now gaining very much more fertile ground. And yeah. things are really starting to not only take shape, but but I can, I can feel business ideas, bus- business people saying, uh, you know what? We we want to be involved. We don't want this to pass us by. Now and, and that's George, a big move. That, that's a big move from twelve months on. And just yeah, George, just on that and, and following on from your earlier question, as I remember, it, think yep. about it now. Yep. And that is that. Yeah, we tap into so many more people, so the multiplier effect is massive. So until now, you know, a few of us within AAC and the clubs have been have been driving it, advocating for it. Of course, Football Australia has been working on implementing it, which yep. is great. Yep. But that's a limited number of people working on it. As soon as this becomes um, open, uh, accepted yeah. as going to happen and therefore people see it as worthy of their time, effort, investment, that's when we see the sort of multiplier effect that we can't imagine. Um, you know, you would have seen, I mean, I think people have pointed out on social media, Football Australia's um, uh, interest, Twitter interest on their announcement. I think it's gone into, must be getting close to half a million. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's that's gone viral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable numbers. Um, we know from our own club uh, social uh, media in terms of interest, both for this and generally, that each club has many tens of thousands of, 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 of interest likes um um, impressions, engagements, yeah, engagements, <laughs> yeah. impressions on all sorts of issues. So that, and this now is surprising enough involving also many of the older people, people that perhaps can't get to places anymore like they used to. Yep. Um, who now, um, amazingly enough to me, are using technology uh, and able to access the game and engage with the game and, and engage with the community that the game brought to them, the, their old community when they used to go to grounds and the like. Um, again, and that, that's a fantastic positive that, I, that is another area that we, I think, will be able to tap and create all, all sorts of communities online among even the older people and those unable to get to where they used to get to in the past. So we, this we, excites me. We, we spoke to John Tatsimas, who's the new CEO of uh, the uh, Football New South Wales, and yeah. he was saying to us uh, the new uh, access technology that allows them to cover the game and to showcase mm. the game and distribute the game is yeah. like he something he hadn't seen before. And he no. believes that it will be a major driver for mm. the possibility of this national second division. Yeah. The sponsors who jump onto this, George, uh, and the goodwill attached to it, yep. I think will be massively. I mean, the, the sort of goodwill rela- um, attaching to these community organisations, which are our, our football clubs, yep. um, who've been through thick and thin and really carried the game for so many decades, as you know, and yep. you, you've been a you played your own role in that, George. Um, those um, people who are able to and willing to contribute from now on to the uh, further development of this game and to bring it to so many more people and to build the fo- football in Australia and to create that necessary bridge between the A-League and below, I think they will benefit them massively commercially and also uh, in, from the sense of goodwill uh, from within the football community and the community as a whole. Uh, just before we let you go, uh, last week, uh, Moreland City played its first game in the NPL 1 against yes. South Melbourne at Lakeside. Yeah. What did you make yeah. of that? 
Uh, I made of it lots. I know people let more great old from great old years, club to see it up there. Years ago. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and I won't. Yeah, look, I've had a and Ted Smith. Ted Smith sharing both clubs. <laughs> had a, I've had a connection to Moreland since I was a kid, but I won't go Is that right? The moment. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Um, you live I'll and learn. The, I didn't know that. I have. Yeah, it's another matter, but I'll leave that to another day. Yep. Uh, and um, I couldn't get down to Lakeside last week because my football budget, uh, George, time budget, didn't permit it. Uh, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be divorce if I did that as well. Uh, and I was a happy night doing football. So that was an night I couldn't get down there, but I'm looking forward to, to catching up with Moreland because fantastic achievement for them to be in, a, in the top tier of state. I, I heard from a number of people they were thrilled to bits to see yeah. not only Ted, and he spoke uh, so well and so importantly yeah. at a very special occasion. And and yeah. uh, what a thrill. And uh, again, uh, a big night for the game, especially the MPL, and uh, we wish uh, both clubs a tremendous season going forward. Uh, speaking sure. of that, uh, it's time. I'm, I know that we have con- time constraints, so I need to let you go. Good luck with your next appointment, but thank you for giving us a start for the program tonight and also reminding us all that there are sensational opportunities if we embrace them in the proper fashion. And as uh, James Johnson said, um, Football Australia is open to the idea of a national second division. Uh, to all the clubs interested, put your hand up so we know who you are and Make sure you're part of the RACV. Sorry, the RSP. Let me get that right. RSP. Uh, yeah, RSP. It's a tongue oh, twister, gee, George. I wish I could speak. RACV, George, is what will get it going. Yes, that's actually, that's a very interesting thought. Maybe we should get the RACV on board as a potential new sponsor. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Nick. All the very best. Thank you, George. Nick Alatas, the chair of AAFC, Again, a year on from the last time we spoke, giving us an idea about what lies ahead with the potential of a national second division. We're going to take a break. When we come back, another guest, someone from New South Wales. Again, we're going to go via Zoom. Uh, It'll be Stuart. Stuart Thomas joining us very, very shortly. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. One of the big champions and one of the big supporters of the game over the last few years is Fair Play Publishing. They do some tremendous work. Um, Benito Mercedes, who's been a big part of the game for an awful long time, uh, is always telling us she's got some fantastic new football books and she always manages to come up with uh, new authors, people who uh, not only love the game but have something to say about the game. And one of them is Professor Mark Bowman, who is uh, a, a tremendous character. Again, someone who loves the, the, the game and he's released a new book. But so too is an old friend of mine, uh, Stuart Thomas, who we spoke to last year about a thousand different things. And he's also decided, you know what, uh, whatever the professor can do, he can do. So suddenly from Fair Play Publishing, we've got a new launch date. I think it's uh, March, later, the 28th of March or the 25th of March, I'm not sure. Uh, in fact, he will tell us. So, Stuart Thomas, welcome to Football Nation Radio. And uh, which is your book? Is it When Mum and Dad See Me Kick or is it uh, the one about uh, the great or yawning giant? Stuart. Good George. How are you? Have you got me loud and clear? Yeah, I've got you now. We just had a, yeah. a momentary lapse, but you can, you can catch up and tell me which of the two books is yours. Yeah, my book's called When Mum, when Mum, Mum. and Dad See Me ah, Kick. Okay. And so is it the 28th of, of March is the is the launch date in Sydney? 28th of March at uh, Glebe. Normally things are held at Glebe, <laughs> books in Glebe, but uh, when people check things online, they'll notice that there's been a slight venue change because Glebe Books is undergoing some significant renovation. So it's literally a little walk up the street. But it's, a, a, yeah, it's uh, Professor Bowman and myself are really excited about it. Uh, they're very, very different in, in in terms of what they are. There's absolutely no connection between the two of them. However, obviously, with um, uh, you know, just the the advantage of us having a, a, a reasonable friendship and fair play, having the the possibility of having a slightly larger event to launch the two, yep. it was decided that that was the way to approach it. So it's been a it's been a sort of long time coming, and I think many authors across that COVID period, obviously, you know, struggled with things. And I had three or four works. 
sort of uh, underway and, and things get a little postponed. So it's lovely to get to this point in time finally. Uh, where was the the germ, uh, the idea? Where did that come from? Where where did it sort of settle in your psyche? And you thought to yourself, hey, this is not a bad idea. Can I make it into a book? It was a very unusual idea, George, in that uh, it, it, it stemmed actually from a simple, simple comment made in an email, but it's a little bit reverse psychological in a way in that, you know, my my journey in football began way back in, in the NSL days and it was one of those situations where the way that the clubs were structured, the makeup of the clubs and the people that were so passionately yep. involved in the clubs, yep. I was very much excluded from that environment. Now, the people at those clubs weren't doing that intentionally, of course not, but they were obviously cultural communities and, yep. and I, found, I found myself very a little bit lost in that. So you felt I yourself on the outside, did you? Yeah. And, wow. and I certainly, I don't want to uh, have anyone get upset and sort of, you know, uh, feel as though, Oh, he's a, you know, he's a white Australian Anglo-Saxon <laughs> male claiming that, you know, he's, he's, he's so annoyed by his white privilege. I'm, yeah. I'm certainly not suggesting that, but no, 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 just no, the way that the game a, was structured. No, there was obviously the, re- a, the, the reason I, I, I pose it to you that way uh, and I'm sure they won't be offended uh, because at the end of the day, it's. I think it's important in life to understand sometimes that you will be on the outside and mm. you will either choose to work to become a, a one of the insiders or something else will, will take your fancy and drive you somewhere else to do something brand new. I was a young kid, ethnic background, uh, Greek-Armenian uh, parentage, um, and the last thing I was thinking about doing when I went to school was – was to learn to play cricket. I, I, I needed to, to learn to speak English. I couldn't speak a word. But you know the breakthrough moment for me? Play lunch and someone hit a ball high in the sky and I caught it cleanly. And that was the moment I went from being outsider to becoming an insider. Yeah. So when, when was your moment of epiphany? When did you go from outsider to insider? I think... Um what I've what I've done, George, is I've I've written ten stories from people that I've met. Some of them many many years ago. Some who are no longer with us. Others who are very very young people in a modern context. Yep. yep. They're of di- they're of different sexes. They're of different uh, sexual orientations. They're of different races. They're of different ages. They're 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 a complete sort of uh, mix of you know our general sort of uh, social. Uh, atmosphere that's around us in such a wonderful multicultural country. Yep. And funnily enough, this, one of the stories, I put my story in there. And I, and I think the whole point of the story, and I think the title alludes to it a little bit, is that I probably never really did feel as though I belonged for, for reasons that were sort of born uh, from experiences in the game at a very young age. And it was probably only within the last 10 years when when I took up positions and started working in journalism and writing and contributing that I actually truly felt a part of that community. And it's a community that I describe in the book as, you know, in my opinion, I think football is probably the biggest community in the world. I don't think there's... No doubt about that. And you know know what's even more exciting? Uh, There's a young woman who works with me each and every Thursday. Her name is Pakua Frimpong. And uh, not only is she a commentator uh, on uh, Paramount Plus, but she's a young girl who came from Ghana and she's become a, a young Australian broadcaster who's, again, taking her journey and adding her voice to spreading the game across the country. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, and that's exactly sort of the, the point that I was sort of driving at. And originally it was... George, I, I grew up in a, a Wilga Street in Punchbowl, and every Saturday afternoon, a, a group of Greek, <laughs> Lebanese, uh, Italian, uh, some uh, uh, Northern European Slavic boys would yep. come, and I described it very simply as, you know, they played like gods. And I, <laughs> I sat on my front step, and I heard them screaming Rescopolis, and I heard them screaming Sopa and all these names, yeah. and I just, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it, and... And I, I really wanted to engage with it, but it was difficult for me. But then as life 
sort of developed a little bit further, I, I kind of realised that, you know, that 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 community sense, you know, takes a long time and it was it was just difficult to engage with it. But I always felt a little bit on the outside. And that's not meant to be a sob story. But no, what no. I realised, I realised that every single person, like that wonderful young woman that you're referring to and her story, we all have one. And yeah. I really began, I began to resent people. And I know that's a strong word to use, but I, be, I did begin to resent people who, who claim to be more football than someone else. <laughs> and, R- and I R- Pakua can, can attest to that. She know, she's been there, done that, <laughs> uh, haven't you? I certainly have. You know, I have, you have a lot of people say, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, you, you're not as football savvy as I, I enjoy, am. I enjoy. Uh, oh, by the way, I should add, Stuart, she's, she's an Arsenal fan. So I know football is oh. what he's trying to say. That's what George is trying to tell you, Stuart, that I know football. Um, but uh, no, no, no. I, I, one of my favourite things is to when people, you know, try to dumb down conversations about yeah. football and I engage with it and then you, you, you bring you in something, you stir them up and then you, and then you catch him at the end. That's always, I always enjoy well, that. Well, that's what Stuart's been doing. He's written a book uh, and the book is When Mum and Dad See Me Kick. And as, as you touched on, how many stories, 10 stories in it? Ten stories, George. That yeah, make ranging, up the book. Yeah, and, you know, ranging from the very, very young, which is obviously an allusion to the title. But I, I just really, really, truly, and I really appreciate, you know, the words coming from both of you in regards to this because I think I think it's something that's actually held the game back for a long time in this country, that we have a group of people, and I'm not quite sure who they are, yep. but I've been to people's homes and they've, they've pointed at coaching qualifications on walls and they've, they've told me, who they played for, how terrific they are, how much better things were in the old days, and all these sorts of things. And yeah. and sometimes that might be true, and other yeah. times it might not be. But that that competitive element and that claiming to be more football than others, are, I, I think that's counterproductive yeah. in terms yeah. of the future is what matters the most. Oh, touche. And we've got a Women's yeah. World Cup coming up, and uh, we've just watched the Matildas play three very important games against some good competition and it was terrific to watch. And uh, as uh, Pakua keeps telling me, there are some sparkling young talented players on the periphery, on the fringes, who are starting to assert themselves. Alex Chidiak, who uh, for reasons like injuries and a few other things and form, uh, suddenly is starting to stake a claim, isn't she, Pakua? She, she absolutely is, not she's oh. one of my favourite players. What did you make what... of the, What did you make it? Did you get a chance to see some of the games, Stuart? I covered all three games uh, live online for a website, George. I was well, give us give us night. your view of the three games, and uh, and were we spinning it the wrong way, or are we on the money? I things didn't look good nine months ago, and the Matildas had obviously a ripping end to the year with wins over Denmark and Spain, and they'd beaten Jamaica just prior. Yep. Things had looked bad against Canada, and not terrifically good against USA last year. This was a real opportunity to to sort of show where they were at. Now, the performances were excellent. Well, I won't say excellent. The performances were good. They were yeah. they were very commendable, professional. There was a lot of things to like. I'm certainly not going to say it wasn't. Yep. However, there, there's also you know the Spanish side was severely weakened. Yes. And they did come back at us in the second half. But you know what? From a seven nil loss, and yes, they had. I think it's up to fifteen players who aren't there. So. We, we've got to remember that. We And that doesn't mean we didn't play well. That means we need to remember that if we do place Spain in a World Cup knockout phase match, it is probably going to be a different story and we need to be ready. I was Jamaica impressed me. I, I seriously think they've improved a lot. I thought they were a little bit unlucky. They probably should have had a goal or two in that first half. We were a bit flat. They The, the, the women did turn it on early in the second half. Uh, Czechia was probably, in my opinion, I know they had a few players out as well, but I think that might have been the most impressive win. They are a very, very well-drilled uh, professional side. They set up really, really well at the back. They give and you I nothing. Thought, they give you nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and, they, and history shows us over the last 12 months, some of the teams that they've, they've held to very low scores or, 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 or had clean Clean draws, against. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we actually, I thought we really broke them down. It took us a while, but when they worked it out, now... I've been, I won't say a critic, but I've certainly been someone who's called out Tony Gustafsson and, and suggested that, you know, where is this plan if we keep getting <laughs> and told get about a, And get plan. a move on. 
and get a yeah, move on. And, and it was slow to come, but we have seen signs that, you know, you've got to call a spade a spade. You've got to say, well done. You cannot criticise what we saw. I still think there was some odd little selections, particularly in defence, using Courtney uh, Nevin, you know, in that way and, and a few different things. I'm not quite sure that's sorted. I don't know what he's going to do with the Charlotte Grant issue versus um, Ellie Carpenter because they both look like Australian right backs. So he, he's going to have to jiggle. He's going to have to work things out. But to me, George, the, the, the thing I found most in, uh, noticeable was the players like Emily Van Egmond and uh, a, a few others, They he looks to have replaced them. Mm. They're still there in the squad, but he looks to have gone with some youth. And I think he's now getting confident in them. And he sees them as the Corey Cooney crosses of the world and other players. And and Ira is starting to assert herself. And can I just say a year ago, uh, you you made a big point of this. Katrina Gorey wasn't around. Remember, she was mm-hmm. coming back from. I think it was another. Was, no, she, it, was um, it injury? She, no, she. Uh, or, she or came back baby? from after having her, after her, her baby. baby yeah. Now you see that's a dynamo. Suddenly you put a dynamo in the midfield and it, things change. We've watched it in the EPL. You take the midfield out of any team, out of any competition, and suddenly it's a very different contest. Mm-hmm. We saw two teams the other day. We saw Liverpool turn it on at Anfield against Real Madrid in the Champions League. And in the second half, uh, Real Madrid decided, mm, no, we're going to win this yeah. game. And they turned in it around. Terms of so the, midfields are a key. Yeah, absolutely. I think in terms of the Matildas squad, I think uh, I think Kyra Cooney Cross last season had a weird weird sort of season in Melbourne Victory where she started really slow with the arrival of Alex Shiliak and then, and uh, and then Jeff Hopkins put her on the wing and, and, and she played, she played I think, her best football there. It's weird because she, she's, such, she's got such great talent for playing on the wing, but she's really improved. I was she was the player I was the most impressed with in the run of the three games uh, that we saw the Matildas play. I so important she, too. Yeah, because I, 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 I didn't expect to see that big of a jump from when we last saw her playing for the Matildas, mm-hmm. but she's been really, really mm-hmm. good and she's um, improved significantly. Um, so I think we I don't know if we found the perfect balance for the midfield yet, but it's certainly it's certainly coming, progressing. It's coming it's along. Progressing. Uh, Stuart, um, the uh, the uh, the the dynamic duo of you and the professor. Uh, so we're talking the twenty eighth of March in Glebe in Sydney for the launch of the two books. It's the twenty eighth of March. Yes, uh, we're, we're actually having a little meeting tomorrow. We'll have a little discussion about you know how things will play out. But you know we, we can pro- people can probably expect a bit of a Q and A session or perhaps <laughs> even a, a very short reading. You know, of a little section or something. Lovely. Uh, and I know both of us. They're they're pretty much. Uh, they're, they're passionate sort of their passion projects in many many ways and and he's his is extremely different and 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 a very imaginative side of uh, sort of exploration of where football was where it could have gone to and where it actually ended up it sounds like a really interesting piece we, we've chatted about our books at breakfast for an eternity and not read each other. So it's going to be a really interesting exercise when we finally do. I love the cover. It's got Catholic, the Catholic stand. Um, the yawning yeah. giant is uh, professor, Pre- professor Bowman's book. And uh, the, when mum and dad see me kick is Stuart uh, Thomas's book. Uh, and as he's told you, uh, available or will be available through fair play publishing. When will we actually have a chance to purchase the books, um, from uh, from outside of Sydney, um, Stuart? It should. Obviously, the books will be on, on sale by the launch. The specific date, it will be a handful of days before right. that, okay. I would guess. But if people are really keen and... and, and Check I, the website, know, Fair Play Publishing. They can, they can jump on Fair Play and actually just put their order in and it'll be shipped to them as soon as the, the print is done and, and the book will arrive. So anyone who wants to, oh, I think it'll be fantastic. I'm just looking forward to the feedback because it... It sort of means a lot to me, and I hope it means a lot to a few other people as well. Well, listen, it, uh, good books are worth their weight in gold. Uh, I've always said in this modern era, this next generation is not reading as much as they should. Uh, let's get them reading again. Uh, I understand that the whole new world is is all about processing, you know, images and 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 video and uh, you know and what is it HD TV uh, imagery. Um, but books uh, are the wonderful things that allow us to to tell stories 
in in another fashion. Let's let's tell some really good stories. Good luck with the launch March twenty eighth in Sydney, and uh, good luck with the books. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you, George. Appreciate your time. No worries at all, Stuart Thomas, uh, joining us on FNR Football Nation Radio and talking about uh, two wonderful new new entries to the uh, to the uh, library of football books in this country. Fair Play Publishing, Benita Mercedes, one of the dynamos that makes this happen. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we have an opportunity to talk about a man who made a real impact at, uh, at a club called Preston Lions. His name was uh, George McMillan, and um, unfortunately, we've lost him, but he's left a wonderful legacy, and we're going to, we're going to catch up with the club president, David uh, 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 David Ketkovich. I'll get that right. Oh, sorry, let Chetowski. me try that again. No, it's Chetowski. a tricky. It's a tricky Ooh, one. And, and, wow. It's. It, I think today it's. It's been. It's been a long day. No, it's just warm in the it, studio. It is very warm. It takes a toll on me. It does. Me. It does. But Go. David will be here very, very he shortly be. to join us. He will. He uh, was we'll on take... post. He was on the lines then last night. Was he there? Was was well, he's going to laugh long and hard when he he joins us in the studio to talk about <laughs> the the life and the times of a man who really made a huge impact at the Preston Lions. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Uh, George Danikin along with Pakur Frimpong and joining us very, very shortly, as soon as he stops laughing, David Svetkovsky, who's the president of the Preston Lions. David, are you there and have you stopped laughing? He still still hasn't come and joined us just yet. He hasn't. Uh, He's about to. I told you, he hasn't stopped laughing. He's probably in the background there. Thinking, Danikian has done this again. Yeah, no, no, no. we apologise, Dave, but um, t- uh, the Lions End was on, and the Lions End will be on continually this season on FNR. Who's doing the Lions End? Lions End hosted by our f- formerly one of our great hosts, Josh Josh Parish. Uh, so Josh is what uh, lining up yet again for yes, another season. I think Josh may be may be uh, Macedonian. I have a sneaking suspicion he's putting his hand up. To become president today, to over overrun Svetkovsky's yeah, uh, maybe, you know, maybe reign uh, as as president of the Preston Lions. Yeah, maybe he's team. I reached saying. out to Nick Sockleff, who's a huge Preston's uh, sponsor and uh, and fan, and has been for ages. And he said to me, "I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you." But he's stuck in Brisbane uh, with a major uh, training program for their business. So I I concede and accept. That Nick, you're forgiven this time round, but David Svetkovsky should be joining us very, very shortly. What did you make of some of the commentary from Stuart Thomas? I, I enjoyed it, and uh, it's. Uh, I think the yeah, the more stories about football are told, the, the better it is. And, yep. uh, and I think the Fair Play Publishing are doing a fantastic job. But um, yeah, they have. They've done it for ages. Um, Benita Mercedes said to us uh, when we spoke to her earlier in the year, uh, "Look, we've got a big program lined up." for the Women's World Cup. We've got this sorted. We've got some new authors coming in. We've got guests from around the world coming for the Writers' uh, Carnival just before the Women's World Cup. Now, are you going up? You got an invite. Yes, I will be going up. I so, will be up. Just go okay, so you're, you're going to be doing a, a, a little interview up there, will no, you? No, I'll be on a panel. Um, on a panel. panel so it'll be, be fun. I'll, be, I'll enjoy it. It'll be a good time. Okay, all right. Uh, David uh, Svetkovsky, is he here yet? He certainly is. Uh, uh, David, have you forgiven me or stopped laughing at, at my poor attempt to pronounce your name? I think David might still just be connecting audio. I can't say. Oh, no, he's, he, there he is now. David, have you stopped laughing? And will you ever forgive me for uh, mispronouncing your name? Uh, never, George. Never. I'm just, uh, as you can see, just trying to sort myself out here. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Right. Hey, listen, daughter, all those songs on. you ever used to sing about me, this is come up and it's time. Uh, listen, uh, David, thank you so very much, mate. I really appreciate it because at short notice, um, it came to my attention that one of the greats of the club, someone who's played a huge role, George, the late George McMillan, um, uh, he passed, uh, I think, was it earlier this week? Uh, last night, George. Uh, oh. we, we got the, um, so the news so is that fresh. Yeah, my deep, deepest sympathies to the club and, and to all those who, who love George. And knew him very well. Can you give us, for those that don't know or didn't know the impact that George McMillan made to the club, can you give us a bit of a, an insight? 
Yeah, well, um, we got the sad news last night, George. We've been in constant contact with Margaret and the girls. So um, George has had his battles um, of late. And uh, even uh, mid-year last year, the 75th anniversary, he was our guest of honour and we're privileged and honoured that we had actually had a painter come out and paint a feature of him. Oh, wow. A day, so George was 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 very proud and humbled as he always was. So, um, an amazing man. And so there is a portrait of George at the club now. There is a portrait of George at the club, and uh, there was an absolute outpouring of emotion last night uh, when the news broke. We were we were live on on our own show at FNR, FNR the Lions Den when when we got the news. So, uh, the messages that have come through today for the family. Uh, from the club, from our supporters, and, and probably the broader, the broader football world, uh, a testament to the impact George made on on Australian football. Uh, he came out in the seventies, uh, uh, from Scotland. He played for Glasgow Rangers out there, so he'd made an appearance at Glasgow Rangers. Um, I think uh, came out in the early seventies to Perth Azuri before we picked him up uh, around about 77, 1977. And as he says, he played, uh, and he did, he played uh, nine incredible years of football for our great club, captaining, I think initially came as a striker, but George, you might remember in in the halcyon days of uh, Preston versus South. I certainly do. I certainly do. And it makes me, it reminds me again of just how old I am. But um, look, characters like that, characters like that help to build the game down under and to know that he's been revered and respected and thought of in such a such a way would be a wonderful, wonderful thing for his family and his friends. Uh, do we have at this juncture yet uh, a date for the funeral? Because I'm sure that no, would be something that many would want to be involved yeah. with. Yeah, not at this stage. And we, we'll work with family. I've been in contact with Margaret even and Ash, his daughter, today. But we'll, we'll just let the family grieve today and uh, we'll wrap, our, wrap ourselves, our arms, our hearts around the the family as we move through into next week and get more information clearly we use socials quite a bit down at Preston and we'll be communicating but just uh we we posted um last night of of um the sad loss and you know socials have just uh, in a good way it's given people an opportunity to to tell their own little stories pass on their condolences and uh through it celebrate you know we we really want to celebrate um the contribution of George you know George McMillan to come to a a predominantly Macedonian club in in the seventies and eighties, and to to become the cult figure that he was. Um, and I, I read one of the funniest things I, I actually saw today. I think it was Georgie Campbell, um, who, who you'd know well. George, um, Georgie Campbell, uh, I think, in a bit of banter with with Graham Hayes, saying, "How did George McMillan get to Australia?" <laughs> Go uh, on. And the punchline goes, "He he slid here because oh. he was he's our long distance slide tackle." So. Through it all, uh, and 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 you know, a bit of a tear in your eye, a bit of a smile as we manoeuvre through, through. I can remember a game. Tony Boscovich <laughs> was the referee, and McMillan has done one of the infamous slides. Uh, took the ball in this case rather cleanly. <laughs> People were shocked. It was such so well timed, um, and it's and it's great that we can reflect. And 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 I, we were talking earlier to Stuart Thomas, and uh, the important thing about. This game is, we've got to give it an opportunity to tell stories. And that's why FNR came into being half a dozen years ago. And and, and why and what we're trying to do with our club programs and the fact that you guys have embraced it in such a fashion. And it, and it excites me that you guys jumped on board very early and said we want to be a part of the club shows on FNR. And they were embraced. I can remember you guys coming in and the whole studio would come alive and then be 55 other people would also enter the studio. And I kept thinking, oh, this can't work, especially during COVID. But you, you never missed a beat. And, uh, and I'm super excited about the, the, the fact that the Preston Lions may well be one of those clubs that are going to put their hand up and, and gain entry back into the upper tiers of the game with the arrival of the National Second Division. That would be super exciting, not only to the, to the family and the, and, and the, the friends of uh, Georgia McMillan, because it, this would have been super exciting. Was he th- thinking about you guys back in the big time? 
I don't think there was a game that he didn't come come to George where he wasn't surrounded. I don't think George has bought a beer at Preston for the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would make sense. Remember, yeah, and he was the inaugural coach of the, the women's team. So you know, I spoke to Di Pikulowski at length today. She's oh. been playing with the twenty third year, and the poor girl was in tears because yeah. George had such yeah. an impact even uh, through his daughters on on the um the, the women's program in in the formation of it many years ago, and you know this year. Uh, we head into the WNPL for the first time, and and that's great. That's in a you know in a great way thanks to George being a pioneer of wow. of the sport. Wow. When you know the girls would change outside, there was no change rooms, there was no nothing. Whereas now they are actually in, in a higher league um, than our men's team, if you actually look at it. And uh, it's. I'm very personally very excited to see the Preston girls because like Josh Parrish has been telling me they're amazing and, and I didn't get a chance to come down to Preston to see them play but I'm very very excited that they are in the the women's uh, M- MPL. David, are you looking for a brand new um, no, um, Josh Parrish, ambassador for Josh, the Josh women's? Josh, uh, Josh Parrish has got that completely well, covered in his. What story. for the women? Yes. Yeah, he's Josh's Josh's uh, out wow. of the world. He's, that man is doing incredible work. But it's a bit too far for uh, the producing extraordinaire. We're not talking about the future president elect, are we? No, of Josh Parrish. No, no, no. Dave's got that. So, but Dave, I, I want to. He had 140. He had 140 people in a live audience last night. Yeah, Josh is a, Josh is a, is a oh, very popular hey, when, man. When he there. gets going, you can't hold him back. We're yeah. thrilled for him. Do you know, I, I can remember a young, a very nervous young Josh Parrish, um, uh, only a matter of five, five, six years ago, walking into the studio here. And and he was terrified about what he'd have to say when the the microphone uh, was turned on, but you know what? He hasn't missed a beat. He no. just keeps getting better and better and better at his craft, and reminds us all why FNR was set up to to give this next generation of broadcasters uh, a chance to tell their story and and add their voice to the game. And look, we're doing this program, which I started with young Josh. Uh, and we've got uh, Pakur Frimpong yeah. taking it to the next level. You better tell him that, David. No, well, uh, George, <laughs> even in your halcyon days as a mega superstar in Australia, I don't yeah, think yeah. you ever had a limo. He's, he's asking for a limousine to bring him down to... Mate, I didn't have to, to ask the- for a limo. We used the chopper. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> don't don't start this one-upmanship show because he might come up yeah. second best. No, 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 I won't go there. But uh, yeah, going back to the national second division, um, it's it's an exciting time, George, for for us to um, cast our eye over what this could look like. Um, a lot of good friendships have been built out there. I'm very fortunate. I'm I'm neighbours. Um, I reckon there's only 500 metre divides myself and Mr. Nick Marcuses from from South. So yep. we uh, quite often catch up and we 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 talk uh, about how good it would be to create a rivalry where. Uh, our two teams could play in front of 12, 14, 15,000 people very easily. Uh, we had 5,000. Uh, can, 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 I, can, can I just add one, one thing to that? Um, <laughs> I, I want to be there because the last time there were that many people at Lakeside, um, we had a police invasion. <laughs> they, they decided to run yeah. their horses onto the ground. For hey, no maybe good the reason. President George can toss the coin, you and Caller. What else <laughs> you can do? What a good idea. They, hey, create our own wanna, moment in history. I just want to ask yeah. a quick question. Obviously, oh, here we go. The, the, the club is, uh, you know, coming down to Preston last season with the Lions. And I heard you guys speak a lot about how much the work you guys have done in the past to build this club back up to, to where it is. And, and you, I, obviously, you're creating future plans. But how do you see the club moving, like, in terms of like your progression you've done in the past and where you envision yourself in the future in terms of national second division and, and fans and the community aspect of it all? Yeah, thanks, B. I guess when we look at it, um, we've built the club up uh, based on the thing called an experience, a game day experience, an engagement experience with 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 fans because we're in the entertainment business. Yes, we're in the football. Football is our platform. But on Friday nights, we look to entertain um, crowds and on Friday night, you know, when you look at the diverse range of people, I think we're tracking at about thirty-five percent female last Friday night. How good uh, from everyone, from junior junior girls, the mums, and just a broader crowd coming in. You know, generational generational crowds. Uh, my my grandma's ninety-three; she'll probably come with my mum some games. <laughs> so, how do we put on a product 
And this is for every team. This is not just for my team, because if we play someone with no crowd, it's not entertaining. There's no rivalry. How do we create organic rivalries between each other that are healthy, that are healthy? And if we can do that respectfully, we, this is grassroots football. This is what I call the fabric fabric of our club and the fabric, uh, you know, we play Werribee on Saturday. I've already spoken to a lot of the guys down at Werribee. Hey, Dave, what do you need? What kind of... They, they want Preston to go down there. They want a couple of thousand people so they can make money for their junior yeah, systems. Yeah, yeah. Let the, canteen, let the canteens yeah. function and flourish too. Yeah. You know, how do we create an ecosystem? We played um, good old um, president of Box Hill George out there. Last game last year worked tremendously with us and, and we took two and a half thousand down the how last fab. game. And at fab. the end of the game, gave me a hug, said, Dave, we've never made any money like this. So how do we all contribute to this ecosystem um, and make the game great? Listen, uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank you once again at short notice to jump on board and come and help us, uh, uh, you know, remind the, uh, the marketplace and also the fans of the club that the, the late George McMillan um, passed last night and there's a funeral to be prepared. But uh, we wanted to reminisce about someone who added so much to the game uh, and and I'm sure it's a club he didn't know about when he arrived in Australia in Perth, uh, and but by the time he arrived in Melbourne, uh, and be and became adopted as they say in those early days of the NSL, uh, he never put a foot wrong. <laughs> the timing might have been a little off occasionally because the free the free kicks you know would come and, and go, but he was a mighty mighty character, larger than life, and we're thrilled to bits that uh, so many people will remember him and so many people cared. So thank you very much for helping us on FNR to reflect on the late George McMillan. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you to both of you and may you rest in peace. Thank, thank you. you, my boy. Um, tremendous opportunity to tell a few stories today. Uh, thank you to Pakua from Pong who worked behind the scenes tirelessly. You didn't see her scurrying around, jumping around, making sure that all the uh, the switches that... <laughs> Were, were causing some problems in the middle of the show uh, actually turned out to be successfully uh, operated on. Uh, she's a mighty marvel, uh, Ghanaian wonder woman when I let her loose. Uh, the only, as I said to you time and time again, the only time she's disappointed is when her arsenal get beaten, but they're back. They're back. They're back. Top of the table. Aston, you guys are in the top Aston, four though. Yeah, we got lucky. We, yeah. we were playing a side that, that doesn't know how to score goals. You didn't draw to Nottingham for us, so it's okay. Ooh, what, did you see that sh- the result coming? Uh, no, but I was hoping for it. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, Pakua, have a great week. You too, uh, Thank you very much for your support. I believe we've had some technical issues. If, you're, if you've been uh, disappointed by some elements of the show, we promise to make them right by tomorrow yes, afternoon, will, and uh, I think we will get them up again. Yes, we will. So a full hour we'll do of... A rerun. We'll do a rerun of State of Our Football Nation, an opportunity to hear from Nick Galatas, from Stuart Thomas, and from David Svetkovsky, the president of the Preston Lions, who's thrilled about the progress they're making, uh, but also uh, very, very saddened by the news that one of the greats of their, their club, the late George McMillan, is no more. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.